The following story has been brought to you by storiestoinspire.org. I want to share with you a Misa that I actually only heard the second part of it today. My wife shared it with me, and I was so happy that she did. I cannot tell you how moved I was by the second part of the story, and I made up that although I'm not mentioning the name of the family, but I'll share with you the story personally. It made a very, very deep impression, a very big reishim on me, and I hope all the listeners in the Heichal, on the phone, and who'll hear the recording, will be as moved as well. In talking about this idea of our Jewish identity, the pride of what it means to lead a Torah life, please, please, lo yechsar, never relinquish or water it down in iota, Last night, I had the opportunity to speak on Miami Beach. There was a gathering for women, and it was about the dangers of technology. Different speakers were talking about different nakudas. The nakuda that I had this chus to speak about, I mentioned, I'm not going to give over the entire talk now, but the tamtis hadover was that there is a physical danger it goes without saying. That there's a spiritual danger as well, it goes without saying. That it incre- could be an incredible, incredible time waster to the point that spouses and family members are no longer recognizable. All of these things are things and dangers of modern technology that I've spoken about in the past. But that wasn't what I addressed last night. Last night, my nakuda was something else, the purity in a Jewish home. And I gave many such examples in last night's talk, in the speech, and I mentioned how a great deal of the responsibility falls on the mother, the aim habayis, the benais yisrael, the nashim sitkaniyais, not to put the onus on them or on you, but it was a reality And I brought many proofs and examples, and then I said over a story that you've heard from me countless times in the past, and I shared it last night at this gathering where I was talking about purity in the face of all of the technology and everything, where the moral compass in our society is not broken, it's shattered. And I said over the story, as I've heard it, I know there are different versions to the story, but the way I heard it is the way I said it. I'll tell it to you quickly, and then I'd like to get to the second part. About 100 years ago, as we said many times, there was a seven-year-old boy who came home one day. In the middle of the week, he had finished a chalik of Mishnayis, and he put his Mishnayis on the table, and he commented to his mother that he finished, I don't know, either a seder or a part, some part of Mishnayis. And his mother stopped in the middle and said, you what? And immediately, as I heard the story, she put on her big day Shabbos, as did her husband, and they set the table, mamish like a chasana, like a yomtif, like a suda shleima b'shaita, beautifully. They picked up their seven-year-old, the chashivus and the chavivus hatayra, and they danced with him and danced with him and danced with him. We've said this story countless times. You see, at a hundred, about 100 years ago, this boy, who was a genius of a child, the Enlightenment wanted to grab him and to take him because of how brilliant he was. 
when he saw his mother's response. The chashivas and the chavivas of her Torah towards her seven-year-old, the big day Shabbos, the Yom Suda. He said, I knew that there's only one, there's only one life for me, and that's a Torah life. And I believe I failed to mention that the name of that seven-year-old boy was Yitzchak Hutner, who went on to become the legendary Rosh Hashiva of Chaim Berlin, one of our Gedele Hadar, how grateful we are to his mother that she responded the way that she did, how rich the world became as a result of her response. Allow me 20 seconds of being a bit dramatic. What would have happened if when he came home, he put down the Mishnayis, and her response would have been, don't put the Mishnayis there. Last time, it knocked over the vase, and it spilled the milk, and I had a Windex for 20 minutes. Later tonight, when we're finished with carpool and we're doing a bedtime and singing Hamalach HaGoyal, then you'll fill me in on whatever it is you want to tell me. What type of message would that send to the child vis-a-vis Chashivos and Chavivos HaTayra? And so I said this story over last night, and it's certainly not a new story to you. It's one that I've said many times. And really, it's very much in keeping with the theme of Shalala Yechsa, the importance and the identity and Torah and Yadus, and how grateful we have to be to his mother for Abyitzchok Kutner as one of our Gedalim impacted such a large segment of Klal Yisrael. And while there might be different versions of the story, that's exactly the way I heard it. So last night, that's the way I shared it with a group of women at this speech on technology and the approach I took of purity. A few hours ago, my wife shared with me the following, that she was in one of the stores shopping, uh, food shopping, and a woman came over to her and told her that she was present last night at this speech when I said this story. And she was very complimentary that the speech impacted her, but she said the thing that impacted her the most was the story. And she, while food shopping in the store with my wife, in the middle of the aisle, shared with her the following. Everything impacted me that your husband had said last night, but mostly the story of Rav Hutner. And she said, I must tell you what happened. Please share this part of the story with your husband. And my wife told it to me but a few hours ago, and I made up, it must be said and heard in tonight's shir on the parsha. She commented that she was very moved by the story. And she thought about the story quite a bit. As I said, I'm not mentioning the name of who it is, but it's a young couple here in Arkahilla, North Miami Beach. And throughout the night, she thought about the story. And as she was waking up in the morning, she remembered that yesterday her son, who's in first grade, a six-year-old, said that today, meaning in the morning when he goes to yeshiva, having just had his chumash masiba, today he's beginning chumash. And so she heard it yesterday evening, and she heard it like many of us might. That's fantastic. Mazel tov. And really, good luck on starting Chumash. It's a tremendous milestone. But after hearing the Misa and thinking about it throughout the night when she got up in the morning, she said, that's not the way I'm going to respond. He's starting Chumash. I kid you not, well before 7 a.m., while the rest of the house was still sleeping, she told my wife she put on her finest Shabbos clothing. I imagine that's a hard thing to do 
in the afternoon, but 6, 6.30 in the morning when you're trying to get a house of children ready, it's probably 10 times harder. She told my wife, not tooting her own horn, but because of the story, she put on her finest big day Shabbos. And she set the table in the mo- breakfast yet. Now, I don't know what that means. I don't know if that means that it was Cheerios and clay chesed and clay zahav. I don't know if it means that there was something extraordinary. I don't, I don't know what it means for a breakfast to be a, for uh, whatever it is, that's not the point. She said she set up the breakfast mamish malchus dick. And sure enough, after she was already in all of her finest big day Shabbos, this morning it happened. And the aura in the home with the music and the chas and the lebedekite and the table was set. This story didn't happen a hundred years ago. This story happened this morning here in North Miami Beach. She set up the breakfast table. Mama, she said it looked like an extraordinary feast, like it would have been a yantar suda. And sure enough, the children woke up and they said, like, Ma, what's going on? And she said, what's going on? And she said her first-year-old, her, her, her first grader by the name and said, he's starting Chumash today. He's starting to learn the same Tyra that Tati learned. He's starting on his journey learning Chumash, and he's starting to learn the same Tyra that Tati learns. That's the first day, learning Chumash, connecting to the Tyra. Shalolo Yechzar. Not to water down or to relinquish an iota, but to make sure the same Tam is still there. And her children understood the message quite well. That's exactly the way they looked at her, the way she was dressed, the way the table was set. What's going on? And those were the exact words she said. What's going on? Saying her son by the first name. He's starting Chumash today. He's starting to learn the same Torah that Tati learns. He's on his way to becoming a big Talmud Chacham. That's what's going on today. And I was very moved that somebody was so inspired by last night's story that they chose to do that, not a hundred years ago, but this morning. And maybe there's a listener who's hearing these words and will choose to do the same. Enjoyed this story? Come again. Bring a friend. Stories to inspire.org.